What's good, everybody? Before I get to the show, I must let you know that this episode is brought to you by Camp Elso. Camp Elso is a nonprofit organization which was founded by four black women, and their mission is to provide opportunities for black and brown elementary and middle-aged children to experience life science outdoors and also to get early access to the STEM fields. Now, they got a big event coming, all right? On February 20th, 2020, from 6 to 8.30 at Alder Elementary in Portland, Oregon, Camp Elso invites you to bring your daughters, granddaughters, nieces, etc., to come to their event, which is titled Girls Day. This event will be showcasing engineers that are women of color, and they will show our girls how to build structures, write code, and learn about engineering programs uh, in and around Portland. Also, dinner is included. All right, so don't miss out on the chance to have dinner with the engineer. This event is free, but be sure to register through the Eventbrite app or website. So we need y'all to register because if you don't register and you just show up, there may not be enough food for everybody. So let's not be hungry from 6 to 8.30 p.m. All right, so uh, once again, the event is free. Be sure to register through the Eventbrite app or website. Uh, Camp Elso, Girls Day 220. 2020. Now let's get back to the episode. You are now listening to the Socks and Sandals podcast. Let's get into it. Thanks, man. Let's go. I want to welcome y'all back to the Socks and Sandals podcast. Where society, culture, history, and religion collide, and we unapologetically discuss our worldviews. It's your guy Emmanuel. I'm back in the studio, whipping it up, and I got my guy Paul Jerome Peters in the building. Say what's up to the people, hey, bro. What's good, everybody? How you doing? Man, man, man. Just got done having a cathartic conversation about the 49ers and the Chiefs and Super Bowl. And me as a diehard fan, man, it's tough. It's tough to swallow this pill, but you know it is what it is. Reality has set in, and we lost. I think y'all will be back though. I think so too. I, I mean, I think so. I don't too. know. I don't know where the contracts are as far as for y'all defense, but I feel like if you can keep that that front. Yeah, one of our uh, <laughs> the the guy that actually had the most sacks, he got the less like like the least coverage. But Eric Armstead, he went to University of Oregon. He's a defensive tackle. Right. He led us in sacks. He had ten sacks. Right. And so he's up for a contract year. And we say we want to bring him back. But we are pretty tight with our cap right now, so I don't know if we can afford him because we're gonna we're gonna have to sign him. We're definitely going to have to renegotiate George Kittle's contract because mm-hmm. um, they're talking about giving him an ex- an extension. And uh, is his up, or are you just gonna re- renegotiate it based yeah. on his play? Uh, I think they're just gonna renegotiate it based on his play. He's he's going into his fourth year, mm-hmm. and I think this will be the last year of his contract. So it's like it's either. The fifth year option, or something. the fifth year option, which is a franchise, or just like just give him his money now instead mm-hmm. of pay. Like you'll pay less if you pay him now as opposed to waiting later and letting everybody else's contracts go up. Kind of similar to like what Jimmy G. Like mm-hmm. he was the highest paid quarterback when they signed him, and he didn't even start for us for more than five games. Mm-hmm. But because he won five straight games, and what the going rate of quarterbacks is, it's like you pay him now so you don't have to pay him later. Facts. And so if they would have waited until now to pay him. They Instead will. of him signing for twenty six million, he would have signed for like forty million. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so it's just right. like signing for twenty six million now, 
And so, because everything is just going to go up over time. So it's like, if you got Kittle now, sign them whatever it is now, because two or three years from now, the max contract for tight ends is going to be higher than what Where's, it is. Uh, when's Bosa's contract up? He's a rookie. He's chilling. They don't got to be. Oh, right, 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 yeah, right. He's a rookie, I don't know bro. why I thought this was so his he second had, year. So, you know, he's a second pick. He got a good contract just coming out of college. I don't know why I thought this was his second year for some reason. Nah, nah. It's, it's his I'm first year. I'm completely tripping. Yeah, yeah. So, you, you know, they don't. Him. Yeah, we got. We have at least two or three more years before we have to renegotiate with him. So, so Bosa's chilling. I think DeForest Buckner is still chilling for another year. Mm-hmm. Um, D Ford, he's chilling because we just we just got him this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the D line is pretty much intact as long as we resign Eric Armstead. Um, and even if we let him go, there's a guy named <laughs> DJ Jones who was like really balling, but he got hurt. So uh, he can be a good plug in for Eric Armstead. So I mean, we got we got options. All of our linebackers is chilling. They all either first or second year dudes or Quan Alexander. We just signed him this year. Um, so really, what it comes down to is Richard Sherman. How long is he going to last? I mean, he's about to be thirty two years old. We seen we just seen him get burnt, you know, in the playoffs like a couple of times. And so his speed is leaving him. Mm-hmm. Father time is catching up. And so he'll be a good, like he's a good locker room guy, good leader. Do you but, think he would be a guy that uh, should transition to safety, or do you? Th- or, no. Or, or do you think? Mm-mm. Do you think he has the capability to do that, or do you think? Or no. Do you think he's gonna? Because, because, like you said, if it's you know his speed leaving him, like how much longer can you leave him on the island, or or or? I mean, you you can still leave him on an island to an extent, and then you just if you have a really good matchup on that side then you have to bring a safety over the top but as far as like 15 yards and in there's nobody better statistically because he only he only gave up either three or four passes over 20 yards all season and then when it came to the and that's that's his stats that's why he has one of the highest player ratings as a cornerback like the pff forgot what that means but like the pff ratings and so um, when it came to the playoffs, though, he gave it up against Devontae Adams. I think Devontae right. had like a 40 or 50-yard gain on him, mm-hmm. and he gave it up against Sammy Watkins. And it was very similar press coverage. They made a quick move and just ran by they got They got wheels. That's it. Yeah. But other, other than that, if it's like just your, your average receiver, like Richard Sherman in press coverage, you're not getting around him like that. He's going he's gonna to body you up, you know. So he, he did a great job this year, but – as we can see, he's kind of losing it. So, mm-hmm. but we we gonna be all right, bro. We gonna be all right. You know what I mean? The offense is young. Our best receiver, Debo Samuel, he's a rookie. <laughs> so uh, Jimmy's well under contract for another three years. Um, our running backs are all like not highly paid because they're not highly drafted people. So we can just kind of plug and play running backs as we go. Our o, our O line is straight. Everybody's pretty much young except for. Joe Staley, who might retire, but he might come back just because he won another taste at that ring, you know. So we're gonna be all right, bro. You know, team is gonna be intact. Yeah, I think uh, I think y'all should be right for next year. We should be. We should be, man. So tell me about what's what's going on with you, man. You know, before we get into the nonprofit, you know, this this is gonna be part one of a series that I'm doing on mm-hmm. you know nonprofits in Portland and, and beyond. Hopefully I can get some folks outside of Portland as well. But like mm. black I'm talking to the, talking to people that are um nonprofit either you're the founder or the executive director of a nonprofit that is specifically for black and or people of color, but like primarily looking for 
black executive directors of mm, of yeah. said you know corporations or nonprofit yeah. corporations. So yeah, man, you the first one up in this thing, you know. Man, so no pressure. Yeah, <laughs> man. Yeah, man. But but before we get into your organization, man, tell me about what you've been up to. I know you said last night you went to a screening of a yeah. documentary that was really yeah. dope. I went to this. So I went to the screening of uh, Push Out, and I forget. I forgot the. Um, I forgot the the lady who it's it's actually a book. Oh, okay. Um, that's, uh, and then she did a documentary for it, but it was um it was at Warner Pacific University. Yeah. And it was um sponsored by uh Barca Bridges and Holla Mentors. Okay. And so um I had heard about it so I so like I said I'm a school social worker at Alliance at Benson. Right. And so uh one of the the trio director he had told me about it and mm. was like, "Yo, we should you should go and you know it'd be a, a good way to network also with other people especially with me he knows i'm doing the nonprofit thing as well and so he was like that would be a good place to network on top of that it's a great documentary right. and um we should get some students to come and i was completely all all for it uh sadly some of um our students had some family things pop up like i said working in an alternative school um mm-hmm. you know life can really be hectic you for know? sure it just it's different like you know yeah. so um our students weren't able to come but it it was um it was powerful i, I like it, it i'm still <clears throat> excuse me i'm i think i'm coming down with a cold but no worries i'm still as long as it I'm ain't st- that corona just, no okay <laughs> i'm still i'm still processing it because wow. it's not like it's not like it's things you haven't heard or seen. It's not like it's things that, you know, in my position I don't deal with. But, you know, when you're seeing it, like, j- just put together in this in this package and you're looking at it, um, it's crazy. Like, one story in particular, this, this, this girl, she's 12 now, but she was 7 at the time. Mm-hmm. A lot of people probably know the story. She was having issues in her class with, with her teacher. Mm-hmm. And um, her teacher was just basically just bullying her, Man. you know. And so she had the the young girl had gotten into an argument with another student. Teacher yanked her up, put her in the hallway. It's like you stay there. Took the kids to recess, like just left her. Didn't say mm. nothing to her. Came back in, walked by her, didn't talk to her. And so she had she was she was just dealing with this for so long. And initially, her parents because they had moved. Her parents, like she was telling her parents that, yo, the teacher doesn't like me. I feel like I'm, you know, she's just like dogging me. And mm. and her parents weren't really believing her because the teacher's also hitting them up like, you know, she's doing this, this, and the third. And so um, the girl gets up and leaves. Like she leaves the school. Mm. She's seven. Right. Wow. And so she leaves and like walks off and she goes to like a overpass um, of a freeway. And she's like, you know, I felt like it, I might as well just go to heaven now. Like, why am I still here? This this is her thinking this at seven. Wow! And then she goes from there to a Walmart, and um, she ends up talking to some sales associates or whatever, and they're like, "Well, you can't be in here without a parent." So they send her out, not call the police, not hey, where is your parents? Mm. Are you lost? Mm. They just send her outside. Wow! So she walks then to like a little restaurant. Ask for some water. Mm-hmm. They give her some water. They call the police. Mm-hmm. Now, they actually call the police. They're like, yo, this girl's here. Da, da, da. The police are like, well, how old does she look? They said 12. Mind you, they've already shown in the documentary what the girl looked like at 7. She doesn't look 12. Mm-hmm. But they're like, oh, she looks 12. And they're like, well, is she sad? And they're like, mm, I don't know. We haven't asked her. Well, then she's all right. 
The police don't even come. Wow. So the girl walks off again. So then the parents get a call. Meanwhile, now the dad is called. The school didn't call the dad for two hours. Wow. The girl, she thought at seven that she had just been gone like a half hour. Mm. She, she'd actually been gone two hours. Mm. The dad doesn't get a call for two hours. Wow. So now he's in the car trying to find his kid and they find her and, and get her and all that. And she gets counseling. And, but it was, it was just crazy. Just like, like just no humanity. Like forget the fact that this is a young I kid. I never heard that story. Where did that take place? Uh, I want to say it was back East. I could find out for you and yeah. get it and, and get the information. Sure. I can't remember. Like it was like, that's what I'm saying. I'm still trying to process it. Cause it's like, I heard a lot of information but I'm listening to these stories, and it's just like I can see their faces, but it's just a blur to me because it's like, damn, mm. this is this is crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then yeah. then you fast forward, you know, for me in in my position, um, and I'm sitting there thinking about it, and and the majority of the kids that I work with are black girls. Mm. The majority of the kids that come to my office, that I'm helping with schoolwork, that I'm helping do projects with you know, are all black females, mm. you know? And mm. um, to the point where I was like, well, man, let me let me try and do like a black girls group, you know? And um, I'm I'm doing that as well with, with a lot of these students. And, uh, you know, we're fumbling through it. I'm not even gonna sit here and try to act like I'm doing a great job at it because it's, it's definitely tough. But it's it's the principle, like I was telling, I was telling somebody in, um, our group, I was like, you know, the school system, like they have to continue to push to like they say that, you know, they have these different programs. They want to do equity work, but there has to be a push because these kids need it. You know what I'm saying? Like they're not being served. They don't have people right. that look like them. They don't have somebody there helping them. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm doing a black girls group. And they're like, you? I'm like, yeah. I said, I said, so just think about that for a second. Yes, I'm a black male. Yes, I can identify with them as being a black male, as being a black person, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But I'm not a female. Right. But ask yourself this question. Like I, I asked the ask yourself this question. These young girls trust me to do a black girls group. Mm -hmm. Not any other female in here because they don't have another female in here that looks like them. Mm. So, um, so, so imagine... Like, like, yeah, they're probably happy to have the group because at least I look like them and mm. understand it. But I'm still not a female. So there's still stuff they're giving up. And I have to watch, you know, my masculinity and understand, yeah. you know, what I'm projecting in there. I was like, but this is this is how bad they're suffering, that they're willing to have me as a dude run their group. Right. Think about that. You know what I mean? So it's just, yeah, I'm still kind of kind of reeling from it, you know, not to be dramatic. But it's it's um it's a good documentary. It's good. Sounds like it, bro. Yeah. Was there a uh, was was it was it like was the tone of the documentary? Have you seen Thirteenth on Netflix? Not yet. Oh, okay. No, not yet. Okay. Or Teach Us All? Have you heard of that one on Netflix as well? Heard that. Have not watched it yet. Okay. Because Teach Us All, it kind of reminds me of like a combination of Thirteenth. Thirteenth was really heavy, but Teach Us All was very similar. Whereas talking about black and Latino kids mm -hmm. or just non-white kids mm -hmm. that aren't taught the same and aren't treated the same and talks about implicit bias and things of that nature and so it sounds like a lot of like especially that young girl's um, experience of just being ignored or being um being disciplined or punished in a different manner than her counterparts she, well they do talk about that because she um so she mentioned how uh 
because they had a, a, a bunch of different like speakers within yeah. the doc. But they mentioned how so b- black girls, they're like statistically um, like in puberty, their bodies change faster. Right. And younger. Right? right. So then they're perceived as being older and oh, they should know better. Right. Even though is still a child. So mm-hmm. she might be 12, but because her body started to develop, they treat her like she's 17, but it's like, no, she's not. She's 12. Right. You know what I mean? So that's still a kid. Yeah. And then there, and he, she was saying the same thing about, obviously, the male counterparts, like black males, like the maturity in their body. So it's like people are treating them as they're older, but they're not. You know what I mean? Like that's, they're that not. That happened to my son in like the third grade, holding him to a higher standard. Literally, it was a, it was a scenario where and he's always had he had always had problems at the at the private school that we put him in at Catlin Gable, mm-hmm. but um, it came to a point where it was a situation where like they were in line going to like PE or something like that, and a boy like said something to him, mm-hmm. like a little boy said something to him, and then my son responded verbally back at him, mm-hmm. but like. He was like, it was like kind of intimidating because like he's he, he he trying to start something with my son, right? And so it's like, boy, don't you talk to me like that or something like that. And so like because my son called the other white boy a boy, and in the manner that he called him that, he was like, the dude felt you know he felt a certain way, mm-hmm. and so and so the boy um, slapped my son, and my son punched him in the face, right? <laughs> Right. So he defended himself. Facts. Now, which is what he's supposed to do. What he's supposed to do. That's natural human behavior. He's supposed to do it. So, you know, the teachers pull him in, and, you know, I've been, I show up to the school, and they're like, well, you know, I mean, Elijah, he was just talking, and Elijah's just so much more, more mature, and, and, you know, these two, they're friends, but, you know, I just want to, you know, I, I don't think Elijah, what he did was wrong because he defended himself, but I both want them to sit um, together in recess tomorrow. Uh, sit in the class and I want them to be able to work out ways so that like Elijah wouldn't trigger, you know, this other boy because, you know, they're they're friends. And I think, I think Elijah knows that he's like less mature, that the boy is less mature than him. So it's it's his job to manage somebody else's It's his job to manage his his emotions. So it's like, I want to, I want them to find ways to say things to each other that don't trigger each other. I was like, well, first of all, no, I said, you're not going to have my son be punished at the same way as, as the other boy. Well, it's not a punishment. I just want them to work together. I said, no, my son equates missing recess to a punishment. That boy who got mad, hit him in the face for, for no good reason. He's the one that should be in trouble, not my son. But like that was something that happened a lot where my son would either retaliate in self-defense uh, or just be the only one that they pay attention to. Yeah. When when things are happening yeah. between him and the white kids and he would get disproportionately um, disciplined and disciplined in ways that other kids weren't getting disciplined. Like they mm-hmm. would make him actually do work like, hey, uh, so your punishment instead of just sitting out. No, you got to go to the library and like straighten up the books. And it was him and another black boy like they would actually do work. Straighten up the books. Yeah. So it was like it was like some convict leasing, like some prison type like. That's wow. they was they was telling him to go do work. Here's my question: Did <laughs> when when would you find out though that this happened? Like would like would they call you or tell you? It would be an email typically. Okay, but would you find out that day though? Yes, for sure. 
They were. They would were, you find out that day after school was out, or would you find out that day like it just happened? Uh, I will find out that same day. I will get an email. But after same school day. was out, probably. No, it it would be during school. Like I've I've received emails. It they they sent out during school. I might not find out about it because I don't always check my email. But they were very consistent that school. You see, yeah. See, my issue is when stuff happens. Either a, I don't find out till my son tells me. Yeah. Which my son comes home and will tell us. Yeah, that's highly problematic. Which I don't like that for at sure. All. That's yeah. immediate. Or two, like if they do say something, it's like way after school's over, and I don't like that either. Right. Because to me, it's like, see, now you just did what you wanted to do, mm-hmm. and and so now I have to rebound and come back to it right. to 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 rectify the situation when you should have told me right when it happened, and then I can let you know what I do and don't agree with. Right. You know what I mean? That's like that's my issue yeah. when it comes to my son in school because mm-hmm. the same type of stuff, like you're saying, happens to him. Yeah, you know, somebody, you know, it says something or is quick to put their hands on him or whatever, and then he defends himself, and then it's like, well, you know, Josiah, da da da, and I'm like, nah, that's not. Well, we what have I'm a doing. we have a zero tolerance <laughs> policy for violence. I told I told uh, the, I, I told we the do too until you hit us. Listen, I, I told the I told the principal straight up. Um, either you get the the boys in control <laughs> because if they're putting their hands on him, so either you get him under con- get these kids under control, or you're just gonna have to accept that he's going to do what I've instructed him to do, which is to defend himself. So however that comes out, you're gonna have to accept that because I'm not sending him to school to have people put their hands on him. That's that's not what's going to happen. So right. either you're going to get on this <laughs> or just know I've instructed him to defend himself however he sees fit. Right. So that's up to you. That's what it comes down to. And it's and like... She was like, well, I don't... I said, however he sees fit. <laughs> so whatever he's got to do to defend himself, that's right. that's what it is. So right. either you... Because there's a lot of kids there, like, they just, you know, they get mad and they just quick to do something. And mm-hmm. I was like, however, however that happens, you know. And I tell and I tell, I tell my son, like, look, don't go out. Like, if if you don't have to hit somebody, get away from the situation. Like, right. don't you don't always feel like that. But if if somebody is continuing to try and put their hands on you, then defend yourself. Yes, by, do what you got to do. That's a fact. But if you know you can get out of the situation, if somebody pushes you, and you know you don't have to punch him in the face, mm-hmm. and you can move away from the situation. Mm-hmm. By all means, move. Yeah, you, that doesn't make you a punk. Doesn't make you soft. There's no reason to go excessive like that. But if somebody, I was like, you know the difference, and they're trying to do harm to you. Yes. Yeah. For sure. Do what you got to do. Yeah. I, and I, so he, so he's very, he knows. So he's very smart, and he, you know, he handles himself well. That's good, but, man. Yeah, I always tell my son, like, you're not in trouble unless you start a fight or you lie to me about a situation. That's the only time he's in trouble. I don't want you starting no fights. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no reason for that. I don't care what environment you're in. Don't, don't, don't be the one to start a fight. Don't be that guy. Mm-hmm. But you always defend yourself, and you'll never be in trouble for that. But also, don't lie to me about the circumstances that kind of led to whatever you know what I mean? Whatever eruption that just happened at school. And so those are the only things I um, really get on him for. But other than that, like, 
they they might have a zero tolerance policy for violence, but like <laughs> my son has a zero tolerance policy for violence as yeah. well, and yeah. he handles it in his own just justifiable way, yeah, which Joe. is defending himself. Yeah, he does. Yeah, <laughs> Josiah is very he's very quiet, very um, reserved, very to himself. Yeah, but he's definitely not with the don't yeah. don't touch me. Right, like, don't do that's a fact. Don't do that unnecessary. Yeah, he's bro. not with that. I, I will say though, there was one there was one time where my son got hurt, and it was be like some some kids like kind of ganged up on him on the soccer field, kind of roughed him up, pushed him, and then he fell and like banged his foot on something or his leg on something, and I didn't find out until I picked him up from after school care. So that was one time where mm. he got injured. Yeah, that's not cool. And they didn't respond in the time. I didn't get no email. I didn't hear about it until I picked him up. So I went in on that one. You know what I mean? Mm. But it just got to the point where too many things was happening at that school. Um, I was going up there too often. I was trying to correct. I was trying to teach them how to do their job too mm -hmm. often. And I was just like, and I'm paying for it. It's private school. Like, bro. Yeah, that's not cool. Like, I could have another house right now. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. come on, bro. So I'm like, I'm not going to finance, you know, the the traumatiz traumatization of my child. You know what and I mean? Like, I'm not going to finance that, bro. Like, and that's, nah. That's kind of, like, that's a lot of what the doc was talking about. Mm. Because it's the, it's the fact of, you know, all these kids are having these situations where they're not being treated the same, like you said. Yeah. And, and there was one part where she... Um, one of the speakers said something that was super important. And so she was like, I'll hear social workers or counselors say to me, well, all kids go through stuff. All kids have mm, trauma issues. They all lives matter. And huh? she was like, she was like, you're right. All kids do. The difference is the lens for which, like how you interact with that trauma. Mm. So when it comes to a black kid that has a same trauma mm -hmm. as, as this white kid, you don't interact with him the same. Right. You don't give him that same um, love and support. Right. That's the difference. Mm -hmm. You know, every, yes, there's a lot of kids that have physical abuse and sexual abuse or are homeless or don't have food. Right. But it's like when you're interacting with the black kid that's going through that list, you don't treat him the same as the white kid going through that list. As mm -hmm. you said, and that's the problem. Mm hmm. That's where the difference comes in. That's where the inequality comes in. Yeah. And when she said it, like, and again, this is all stuff. It's it's not new stuff. No, but 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 it's something we've been going through. Yeah, for a long right. Time. It's not new stuff. But yeah. it's like when you're just sitting there and you're just you're listening to it. Mm. I guess I guess another part for me is it it just it felt good to have somebody validate how you feel. Yeah, you know what I mean, like. Yeah. I'm not a black girl, but as a black man now and as, you know, as a black boy when I was little, like, you just, you didn't have that validation. Mm -hmm. So it was, it's, it felt good to have that and to know that in the work that I do, that it, it's not just me talking. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know? So, yeah, it was, it, I appreciated that as well. No doubt. Man, I'm kind of mad I missed it. I, but I, you know, I had a. No, it's I teach at SEI. I remember, yeah, I know you podcast where your... that's Monday and Wednesday night, so we had a good time too. No, I know you're doing don't. your thing, man. For sure, I'm, it's, for sure. It's that, all love. That sounds that sounded like it was dope. So, it was. is it is it out? Is the documentary like online or something like that, or is it something that's well? Kinda... They're just they've been screening it all over the country. So okay, I don't know if it's out yet. Okay, like I don't know if it's 
like officially out. Right. But man, like I said, just powerful. Completely, bro. Mm. Completely. So, so yesterday I had the opportunity to speak at um Heritage High School for the second time. Mm-hmm. And it was it was dope. I was a keynote speaker for their multicultural assembly. Mm-hmm. And so um my bad, not to cut you off. Go the ahead. film is by Mo- Monique W. Morris. Okay. And uh, Jacob Atlas. Okay. Nice. And she did the book as well. So yeah, I just. So the book is already out. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I think you, I think you can go on pushoutfilm.com. I just wanted to pull it up real quick, just okay. so I could give you some information. For sure. But yeah, yeah, yeah we'll definitely. post a link to that in the show notes yes, as well. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, man. So uh, I was able to speak to the kids, high school kids, and. It was uh, it was it was interesting, man. It was um, I have felt I had a range of emotions going into it um, because last year it was an MLK assembly, you know, because it was during Black History Month. Mm -hmm. And this year it was a multicultural assembly. And so I felt a certain way about that. Now, I personally do not care for Black History Month. Well, quick question I was going to ask you. Was it run by the same group in the school? It was run by the same group. It was an outside group that they come in to um, to organize it. But it's but it they're the ones that set the vision. So they say, oh, hey, okay. we want to do an MLK assembly. Hey, X, Y, Z organization. Can okay. you organize some people to come in? Because we don't have the resources and we don't have the contacts. OK. And so that person comes okay. in and that and that person is ready to rise. Clark County run by Tyler Monk. Mm-hmm. With the contingent, formerly um, Portland Leadership Foundation, and so he's the one that organizes it and brings in the people, and you know, brings me in as a speaker, or and bring, sets up the panel for the discussion afterwards and all that type of stuff. Solid. But it's not up to him who to say like it's just going to be MLK assembly or multicultural. It's up to the faculty and staff there. Okay. And so I was like, wow, they really <clears throat> gentrified Black History Month. That was my initial thought. And so I'm thinking, all right, my the speech that I gave last time was cool. It was like it was, uh, the theme was going beyond MLK. And I was like, I like that because I don't like that. People just only focus on MLK when it comes to Black History Month. There's so much that goes into black history outside of Martin Luther King and slavery and civil rights. And so that's what I talked about. But this time I was like, you know what, because they kind of want to dilute it. I'm just like, yo, I'm about to go in. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm about to, I'm not, I'm about to unleash like everything, like things that I talk about on the podcast. Like these high schoolers is about to get that work. Oh wow! And and so but you... not not the not the kids though. It's more or less the staff and the faculty. Right. I'm trying right. to speak to their subconscious and like really right. get in there and like, yo, we ain't playing no games right now. You right. know what I mean? And so, um, but then when I got there, and I seen like the other cultures doing a thing. And it seemed like this year at Heritage High School, I don't know if my eyes are playing tricks on, but it seemed like it was way more kids, non-white children. I seen, I felt like mm-hmm. I just seen all the more cultures represented. Maybe their, their, um, their freshman class has more Hispanic or Pacific Islander population, but I just seen way more, mm-hmm. you know, non-white faces. So I'm like, yo, this, this school is more diverse than it was last year. <laughs> you know mm. what I mean? And mm. so I even had to modify parts of my speech on the spot because I thought I was going to be speaking to like mostly white kids, but I wasn't. And so oh, that was, it was okay. refreshing. And I can't say that I'm mad at them for doing a multicultural assembly. Now, Cause like when I seen it, I was right. like, yo, this is dope. <laughs> like oh, this okay. is really right, good. Right, right. Like they were doing performances and just like dressed up in their, you know, uh, the Pacific Islanders, they had their, their dances and, oh, wow. you know, their skirts, dresses and the, 
Hispanic um, club. Like they had their their dancers to dress. Somebody sang a song in Spanish. Oh, wow. and uh, the only thing I would say that there wasn't any like black um, representation when it came to like the talent part of it. Mm. And it was like I guess I was the black part of it like the mm. speech was like the black part but i'm like I mean, the kids should be doing something right, to represent right. their culture you know so exactly. this is black history month Thanks. but like i was saying before i'm not the biggest fan of black history month because to me that's just like it is what it is that's for everybody else it's not for us you know what i mean like we as black people like we focus on our we should be focusing on ourselves and celebrating ourselves 365 yep, you know what i mean so um so it is what it is but like i came in and like the the crux of my speech was like saying that Unfortunately, in order to survive within the system of white supremacy with fewer problems, it's absolutely necessary to say many things that are not true within the system of white supremacy. Non-white people are coerced by the suspected white supremacist power structure to say many things that are not true to and about themselves and both to and about white people. And so I gave a few scenarios of the untruths that we (laughs) that we say to ourselves. So I talked about um, I had everybody, you know, participate. I was like, hey, everybody raise your hand if you have a phone. Everybody raise your hand. Everybody, everybody raise your hand if you follow someone on social media that is not from the United States. Just about everybody raise their hand. I said, or if you don't follow someone on social media, raise your hand if you've seen a viral video or any type of social media from someone or any video on social media from someone who doesn't live in the United States. And just about everybody raise their hand. And I was like, all right, I'm going to take a sharp left turn. Who in here is a minority? A few people raise their hand. And it was like this nervous laughter that went around the building. And it's like 1,700, 2,000 kids. And it was just like mm. this nervous laughter and then chatter. And I was just like, what? I didn't expect. Like, this ain't even the punchline. Like, I ain't even got to right, <laughs> got to right, my point right. yet, bro. But, like, I got this response from everybody. I'm like, yo, this is weird. But then I was like, all right, well, it's it's always been true that non-white people outnumber white people on this planet. We just went through an exercise to show that. We live in a global society. So the term minority is outdated. People who that have melanin in their skin are not minorities. We are a global majority. And so those, that's one untruth that we tell about ourselves. You guys raise your hand. The people, the melanated people raise their hand as minorities, not the white people. But the white people are the true minorities in this world. Four out of five people in this world have, have melanin in their skin. And that's a fact. And it's actually more. It's only I, I did the math. It's only 18 percent of, of the of the globe is actually like white. Everybody else is melanated. Has some type of a- yeah, exactly. And so that was one thing Damn. that I talked about. Eighteen percent, eighteen percent. That's that's being generous. I was taking the numbers, the es- the estimates, and I was giving the high side of it. And one in one country in particular, what I was looking, the source that I was looking at, it said Portugal had two hundred twenty-seven million people. And I was like, that country does not have two hundred twenty-seven million people. Like that is a small sliver of a piece of land. Yeah, that seems. And so I was like, man, these some of these some of these estimates seem like way overblown for these European countries or European um, ethnicity, you know, origins or whatever. But I I still went with it. And and with my math, it was like 18.12 percent was uh, white. And then and if you count Jewish, it goes to 18.36. You know what I mean? But some people count Jewish people. Not all not all Jews are white. Right. So so I mean, Jew is like is uh, with uh, they're talking about the ones that look. The the Israel the Israelite like oh, okay, not okay. Israelites but like Israeli okay like okay. you live in Israel or something like that you gotcha, know what I mean okay. or like there's European Jew like some certain people call Jew a race and so the the race so so called race but that's still like an Afro Asiatic type mm-hmm. of gen- genetics 
the origin, but most of the modern day Jews look more white. You know what I mean? Right. Because there, some people are just really taking the identity of someone else. Right. <laughs> so, um, so, so I like you can either count them or not count them, but it still doesn't raise a percentage more than like point twenty two percent. Percent. Yeah, of the whole world's population. That was a good one. That was a good example. Yeah. So I was like, so globally, like, you know, what Europeans or white people, non-melanated people, you guys are the minorities. And that's a fact. And that's always been a fact. How did it, how did the crowd react once you said that part? There was no reaction. And then I went on. <laughs> right. So everybody's quiet. Now yeah, it's like, for sure. Oh, I never. Because I'm, I'm saying some things. I'm, a, I'm attacking your subconscious. Like I'm I'm going into a party on mine. Nobody's ever said that to you. Ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially you living in Vancouver, Washington, <laughs> Portland, Oregon. Ain't nobody said that to you. And so even if you black, somebody may that may have never said that to you. You know what I mean? So like you the you the majority. You're not the minority. Like why are you so it's like, but I was saying, like, we internalize these things. We've been told it so long, we we believe it, and then we internalize it, and we think that we're minorities. And no, that's it's not true. It's literally not true. Maybe they need to change that to you know, I don't know, stand for economically minority or something or any well even then it's probably not because i don't know yeah it's just yeah, it's a, it's a it's an outdated term no most definitely just like racial categorization is outdated you know what i mean but we still go by it so it's, there's a lot of things that we do that are just not true and we we tell it i would have loved to have seen that i would have loved to have seen that yeah bro and then, then I, played I, out. oh yeah and i touched on columbus mm-hmm. and i was like you know it is taught and celebrated that columbus founded america or he discovered america mm-hmm I was like, how can you discover a place that's already inhabited mm-hmm. and the people that inhabited the land that he found were indigenous and or West African people? Those mm-hmm. are the people that he came across. Mm-hmm. People have been selling all over the world for thousands of years before he started selling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and that's a fact. Mm-hmm. And so um, and I was like, hey, Abe Lincoln, Emancipation Proclamation. Everybody praises him for abolishing slavery. But two years later. The 13th Amendment legalized slavery and slavery is still legal on the books today in the United States Constitution. Mm. So we talk about how morally upright we are and how civilized we are. But slavery is still legalized in this country. And I, so I was pointing out those things, those lies mm. that we tell about ourselves. And I bet it's pretty uncomfortable. Oh, for sure. For <laughs> sure. But like, I bet it was super so, uncomfortable. And, and um, but at the end, it was cool because like a lot of kids came up, you know what I mean? Like. Uh, Pacific Islander, Hispanic, and Black, they all came up like, yo, man, I, lo- I love what you were saying. Like, you really inspired me. Like, thank you for, for saying that, you know what I mean? And they was, like, taking selfies with me and stuff. I was like, okay, I'm a little celebrity. Uh, you know what I mean? Right okay, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm a celeb in Vancouver. I like that. But, uh, but then I had some long, <laughs> thorough conversations with a few white kids. Ooh, how did that go? Man, it was, it was interesting to say the least. Was it like they was trying to learn or like they were trying to or understand what I was saying? Because what I said did not make sense to them. Of course. Right. And so because like you said, you literally told them the opposite of what they've been taught, what they've is ingrained. Yeah. And so so what the main thing that they were challenging, because at the end of the speech, I was I challenged the staff to teach American history from a non-European lens, a non-white lens. So teach Mm -hmm. it from a black Hispanic, Pacific Islander, teach it from a lens other than Europe. And I challenge the students to engage with each other, no matter what ethnicity you are, and engage with somebody of another ethnicity. You know, do something radical, create a YouTube show, create a podcast, do something and show the world, you know, the way that you guys come together and genuinely, like, 
get to get to know each other. But like both kids um, wanted to talk about me telling the teachers not to teach American history from a European lens. The first young man, um, it was a pretty solid conversation. He was bringing up a, a few things, but I, I don't want to say that because he's I actually put him on my uh, on my IG. I, there's a picture of him out there. So I don't want to talk about our conversation. So that, that's between me and him because he's like in the public now as far as like on my IG. There's another young man that there's no picture of. So nobody knows who this is. Um, and that hopefully, you know, if he hears us, he won't feel attacked because nobody knows who he is. It's just me and him that know. And so um, we were talking. And one of the things we had a long conversation, but one of the things that stuck out to me that he said was he said, how can American history not be taught from a European lens if they were the only ones that were literate? <laughs> and I said, excuse me. That's an assumption. I paused just like you did. Right. And I was like, well, <laughs> wait, I'm sorry. So you, you're saying Europeans are the only ones that could read and write. He's like, yeah, like no one else in the world was literate so who else would even know to how to know to to tell the story if they couldn't read and write and i'm just like wait you think y'all made up language you made up writing and reading like i said man that is so far from the truth (laughs) and i started to break down a few things and i want to go too far into that conversation but like the fact that he said that how many kids I didn't know that anybody would believe that, but now it makes me think how many kids come to those conclusions just because all that they're told is whatever their parents tell them or the little that their teachers tell them. And then they form their own conclusions that, oh, well, no one else could read or write except for Europeans. And so, of course, we're going to be the ones to tell history. Mm-hmm. No one else could. Well, it's, I mean, it's. That's wild. <laughs> it's it's like in all like in all honesty, what and I don't even really know how to form this grammatically to make sense. Yeah. But what don't white people think they created? That and that's and that's you know what I'm saying? like yeah. like in everything. Like, right, like right. what like what do they actually point to Insane. that it's from someone else? Like like well, wh- they, who do they, they give they credit created, to I think but they I mean, created capitalism. I think that's what they created. No, but I'm saying no. I'm saying, but what do they point to that's oh. popping? That's that's in the world, whatever. Yeah, yeah. That they literally say no, they did that. Like, mm. what don't they take credit for? Yeah, you know what I mean. Right. Like every like everything mm. is theirs. Right. They take like, credit they for co-op, Egypt. Like, right. They yeah. right. Like like you see what I'm saying. Like yeah. nobody. You see what I'm saying. Like yeah. everything. So it, if so, of course he would think like. They created words and writing mm. because what don't they create? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, so it's it's shocking and, that he would say that, but it's but also then, like when I think of the larger part, it's like, no, nah, that it's not his fault that he says that. No, no, because no, but uh, you know, that's what that's all the information that's been given to him. Mm-hmm. And so, in, in your brain is a computer. If that's the only thing downloaded in that computer, that's the only thing that can be processed. And so and that's why I challenged the staff and the faculty. I was like, you guys need to teach history from a non-European lens, Mm -hmm. because I was telling him all these examples of like different authors and books and just like other accounts of other things that have happened in this world that you can go study. And and it was just like it was mind blowing. They forget. Let me back up. Maybe not forget. It's the word. 
they don't even realize most of them that a lot of the civilizations that they're taught about came so far after all these other civilizations that were already doing stuff. What do you mean? The civilization, well, like, like the, the right, Greco-Roman? Like they, right, like they think like it started with them, like yeah. this is where it started. Right. It's like, no, there was, there was right. a whole lot of stuff. And I, was, <laughs> like there's a lot of things that was popping before right. we got to y'all. Like right. you just understand that, right? Like right. there's a whole lot of things that was happening, a whole lot of civilizations. They was already doing mathematics and doing all, like, yeah. and, and that's what I'm saying. Like that's why, that's why like I asked that question. like what don't they think they created? Because to them, like earth started right. with their civilization right that, that's whether they want to do with romans whatever greeks whatever it started with them and it's like but it didn't it didn't but to them like that's, everything filters through. but that's the beginning of their story and so because it's the beginning and, of their story and and they're running the world right now mm-hmm. then they believe that's all i need to know facts and and that's what i'm saying like yeah. what don't they think they create like, i get it and so i, I pointed out to them, i was like have you ever heard of the phoenicians have you heard of the, like the alphabet? It's, it's the phonetic alphabet. Mm-hmm. Like the Phoenicians were a um, Afro-Asiatic people mm-hmm. that, you know, the Greeks and the Romans, when they were trading and doing business with them, they were the only people that the Greeks and the Romans came in contact that had a written language, a written system. And so they were able to do business faster and in a more cohesive way and trade. And then so the Greeks adopted their alphabet. And that's how we get common language now is it came from the phoenicians that's why they call it the phonetic alphabet that's why i say when they say say it phonetically like they copied their letter system he was just like oh well yeah i never heard that and it's like (laughs) unfortunately of course you haven't but i was and i was telling i was like but i was like look don't feel bad about that i was like Mm -hmm. until i started really researching and reading for myself seven years ago i didn't know any of this stuff i said this this school typically isn't going to teach you that stuff Mm -hmm. and and the conclusions that I come to is all based upon outside information. And so I was just like, what you wanted, what, what I'm glad that you're doing is actually engaging in this conversation and speaking to like what you think, you know, but like, like challenging, because if you're not challenging yourself or challenging others, you're not going to learn. Mm-mm. So I was like, I commended him for actually challenging me. And asking those questions and having the conversation because it it takes courage to even have that conversation. Yeah, you know what I mean. And no, so that's true. a lot of people won't even have the courage to to say it because for whatever reason, because it's, it's tough, it's awkward, yeah, he, it's he, whatever. He, he could have just took everything you said and been like, he's lying, and then but just, he heard and just, it and just left, like yeah. you know what I mean, and just yeah. ignored it. But instead, you're right. He heard what you said. It confused him. Yeah. And he at least had the courage to have that conversation. So that and that is a positive. And at the end of the conversation, I was like, man, I said, the funny thing is, man, people like you and me, you know, we, we do research. But I was like, man, the more you start researching, the more you're going to realize, bro, we don't know anything. I said, that's the funny thing about this. I said, that's why I take a holistic view of history, because, man, everything that we, we've we been taught in school, man, it's it's the smallest fraction of what's of all the information that's out there. And I said, ma'am, there's been more information lost and destroyed than there, than there is that, that has survived. So I was like, man, just keep studying, bro. Go on YouTube, watch, you know, watch videos, listen to certain, you know, scholars or whatever, but read books. I was like, I was like, keep seeking, bro. But just know that we don't know anything. So even the conclusions that I come to, man, like 
I could change my mind in a cup in a matter of months based upon some more information that I come across, bro. But I was like, I like what you're doing. You you going in the right direction. So it, it ended in a, on a good note. Um, I hope he continues. Yeah, I hope too. he continues to keep his mind open. Yeah, you know, and like you said, lost, destroyed, rewritten. Yeah, purposefully rewritten. Re- you rewritten, know, to remixed. fit some mm-hmm. other diaspora. Yeah, yeah. But that's dope that he at least took that moment, yeah. and hopefully, not only him taking that moment with you and pursuing research on his own. Mm-hmm. Hopefully he has these conversations with other people for sure. And I, I'm hoping these things continue to happen in the school. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's really going to come down to um, the staff being willing to teach from a different perspective. So we'll see. We will see. That's but yeah, though. yeah, man, for sure, bro. But let's, uh, let's get into the topic at hand, bro. Uh, tell everyone about your, your organization, what it is, what it stands for, and, and why you started it, bro. Um, so it's ION, um, Influencers of Neighborhoods. Okay. And um, I actually started this um, with a good friend of mine and frat brother, uh, Jonathan Riley. And um, the reason why is, you know, I'm from Portland, mm-hmm. born and raised, and um, there's a lot of, there are, you know, different organizations that are around and open, but as a kid, I wasn't able to be a part of different organizations due to where I lived or whatnot. Like I, you know, originally grew up on 23rd and skipped more and then later in 63rd and Fremont. So I wasn't always in the right district or area Mm. to be a part of everything. Okay. And so to me, my thought process um, with him was like, I want to, I want to create something where like, we don't have to be, we don't always have to be like the leader, you know what I mean? But I want to, and I use this word even when we're talking about, it, I said, I want to, you know, manufacture um, opportunities, you know, and, um, you know, help create opportunities to put people in position, youth in particular, obviously, to put them in position to experience different things. Because, you know, and, and because I wasn't able to be a part of all these different groups, but I had, um, you know, family who worked in juvenile justice and stuff so I got so I was able to go and experience different things and I was able to go to different like camps and stuff even though I wouldn't be part of like the the main kids that were part of the camp because maybe they were part of you know sometimes like SEI or something like that right but I was able to still go to these different camps or go to these different experiences because like my cousin would get me in you know because she worked for the for the county from from Multnomah County mm-hmm. and so she had a lot of different plugs and so as a kid like you know that helped just you know with the well-rounding you know Mm. because i'm putting these different situations sports camps or um i remember i went to a camp uh um camp caldera and like i like learned to ride a horse and stuff Mm. like that you know which was super cool like not something i would have done on my own but it was a it was a dope experience and so yeah the perp the 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 mission is to manufacture opportunities for the youth to to transition from being, you know, negative to positive influencers, Mm. you know, and that, that stretches from mentorship, whether we help provide it or put you in position to other people that maybe you, you aren't affiliated with to, to receive mentorship. Um, you know, he has, so my, my partner, he also has a, uh, a, um, marketing company. He, he, formerly worked at Nike, but he created better marketing. Mm-hmm. And so, and he has another business partner and they do sneaker week. Right. And so like this past summer, I think I talked about it on our other one, Yeah. but um, 
you know, I was able to help manage the um, the interns that worked on Sneaker Week, mm-hmm. you know, some of the young the young people. And so that was great, you know, and then also to bring some youth to different events during Sneaker Week. And so this year, um, you know, like I said, being the School Social Work and Alliance, um, I am partnered with another colleague and we are the admin for the Black Student Union between Alliance at Meek and Alliance at Benson. Right. And so we wanted to take youth on a black college tour and there was money and then it went away. I meant to ask you about that. Right. So there was money. Yeah. Then it went away. Oh, that's... Uh, and then so, and I had started... That's cold, um, it, That yeah, That's, man. And so when I found out the money went away, I was hurt for like a good two hours. I was just pissed. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, you know what? I've got a little bit of money. Why don't I try and partner with PPS and see if I can get them to go in with me? Okay. I'll have to scale down the trip. Because before, we were going to go to a couple of different cities. And For sure. It was going to yeah. be real big. Yeah. I was like, well, what if, I was like, if, maybe I could just go to Atlanta and then just do that. Hit right. Spelman, um, Clark, hit Morehouse. Just, right. just, just do that. Yeah. And so um, I made a proposal. So they're going to partner with me. Okay. And so we're going to go in April. And so it sucks because Do you know now, what week? Because I'm going to be in Atlanta in April as well. The plan is the... Probably early in April. Huh? Yeah. It, I think it's the first week. So oh, okay. it's like nah, the 30th there. through the 4th. <sighs> okay. Yeah. I'll be there in there like the 23rd. Oh. Yeah. Word? Yeah. So... Yeah. Um, you doing some work or is it family? No, work? just family. Oh, dope. Just okay. family. Yeah. Okay. Um, That's solid. Yeah, Renita's dad lives out there. Mm-hmm. And her, her sister-in-law has like this fashion show that's going on. So she'll be down there like the weekend before with my daughter. And then me and me and my son fly down midweek, like on a Wednesday. So we'll be there from like Wednesday to Monday. But it's like 23rd, so that's the end of the month. We're not, oh, we not going to okay. run into y'all, unfortunately. Nah, yeah, that would have been – well, and yeah, that would have been dope. Yeah. Um, so, yeah – I still got to turn in my budget and, uh, yeah, but they're going to partner. And so that's going to be the, you know, that's kind of the first big. Bro, can I commend you for that, bro? Because that is amazing. Like the fact that you would go, go, go on your own, bro. You know what I mean? Like do the uncomfortable work of like dealing with that. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. money going away. Come on, (laughs) man. Like dealing, (laughs) dealing with that, just that, that makes no sense. It's it's illogical, but you still like push through. Well, because it's like, they, so they gave the funds, right? And so th- it was like twenty thousand, and so like they're supposed to use it. They were supposed to use it a certain amount of time. So this summer, like we kind of had some things going on where, like we were switching. Like a admin was leaving, and and then uh, you know she had lost her child, and then there were some other things going on. So I don't blame. Like I don't blame like my admin or anybody like that. Mm-hmm. The thing that's irritating to me is it's like, why would you give the money and then it wasn't used? Like, why wouldn't you check with somebody and say, hey, um, like this money is in y'all's account. Like, are you guys going, like is something going on? Do you not want it? Like, like why would you take it back? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like in my head, I'm like, what sense would that, why would you take it back? I right. just don't understand the logic behind that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's what I'm so that, that's what, and I was like, well, is there any way we can get it back? They're like, nah, it's going. I'm like, so we can't, can we call anybody? Like, can we say, hey. When did they let y'all know? We didn't find out. So literally. Because y'all was making plans. Right. Yeah, because you I came was there. to the meetings. That's what I'm saying. So, okay, so I'm trying to think about it. So 
It must I have been in say, November. It, it, no, it, uh, maybe mid October. Oh, we was we had already made plans. That's right. Oh wow, that's my point. So wow. what? So what? It really and and the reason why I was so mad, to be honest with you, was I was mad because we had already had these meetings. Yes. We'd already talked to the kids. They was excited. They right. You came and talked. You gave it excellence. So everybody was, all these kids were juiced. So when I found out we didn't have the money, I was like, so now I have to go back after having these meetings. We didn't gave these kids food. You didn't came in and talked. We've done all this stuff, and now I have to sit here and say, no, nah, it's not happening. No, nah, it's just it's over. Mm. You know what I mean? And I'm mm. and I already work for an alternative school, so. They already get shit on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's why they're there. You yeah. know what I mean? Sadly, they've been pushed out. Mm-hmm. You know, not to make a pun on the documentary, but they've already been pushed out. Right. You know what I mean? So they've already, they already feel like the school system don't care. They already feel like teachers don't care. So they already have the most bleak outlook on school. Right. And then we give them this group. We talk about it. We talk it all up. We bring in all these people. And then I got to come back and say, nah, it's not happening. So I was just like, man, I don't. I was like, there's no way I'm going to come back to the next meeting after having two meetings talking about the trip specifically, mm-hmm. having speakers, all that, and then say we're not going. I was like, I can't. Right. I might as well just we might as well just disband. the whole, Like this. I was just like, no, nah, I can't do it. So you so you never told them. No, I didn't. Man. No, I lit- so literally what happened was I found out literally I want to say it was the same day we had a uh meeting. It mm. might have been the last it might have been the same day the one that came you came in? and talked. Okay. That I came back to the office mm. and um because I was charged up because I was ready to start looking at stuff. It might have been that same day. I wow. found out it's not happening. I was pissed. I was talking with my cousin. Um and and she worked for a, a donated approved fund, and so she you know helped get me some bread. Um, so literally by the time I went and saw them again, saw the kids again, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, so I have good news and bad news. Mm. And it was like, the trip ain't happening. I said, I got good news and bad news. What do you want first? The bad news. I said, the bad news. We don't have the money from the school. It's like I knew we weren't gonna. I was like, Dang. good news is I found it. I found some. Yeah. And I was like, I'm trying to come. I'm trying to do it on my own. Yeah. And then literally, like a week later, I talked to another admin uh, who moved in different in a different position. Talked to him about it. He said he would look for some mm. for some bread for me. And he was like, Man, if you send me a budget, let's you know, let's do it. Man, I was like, that's that's awesome, Ooh. bro. That's awesome. So, and it's it's funny how you say like those kids got pushed out mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, because when I Every time I went up there, like as as a kid, as a middle schooler, high schooler, you're told about these kids that go to alternative high schools. Mm-hmm. Like, oh man, they mm-hmm. all they, man. That's that's where them bad kids go. Mm-hmm. I had never set foot in an alternative high school. Me neither. And so when I went there and I'm interacting with these kids, it's like Beja, Michaela, Maya, like all them. I'm like, well, they they're not bad kids. Like what? So why so why are they I don't I just didn't get it. And so the whole yeah. paradigm of um you know these problematic children mm-hmm. it's just not true. Mm-mm. It's t- it's so untrue. Like Mm-mm. there's no reason why they can't be at Jeff or Grand. Like there's no there's no Mm-mm. reason. I so but I don't know the 
all the situations and, and circumstances that puts a kid in an alternative school and we don't have to go into that but i just right. wanted to say that that whole stigma that alternative students have is just so untrue no and i agree because the same thing you know like you growing up um the few kids that i did know personally that went mm-hmm. obviously had gotten into trouble some of them had gotten in trouble with the law and whatnot so in my mind, I just assumed, like you said, all kids that go to alternative school. Hella bad. Are, yeah, that's like that's like yeah. one step up from juvie. Like that was right. how my, that was my exactly. mind state. I'm yeah. thinking, okay. I was like, the homie just got in trouble for weed. Mm-hmm. He's not in alternative school. Okay, so everybody that goes to alternative school sells drugs. That was, <laughs> exactly. my, like, that was my thought process. Right, you right. know what I mean? So I was like, if you end up, and, and then working in, now working in one and you hear these kids stories like again a a lot of them yes i'm not gonna sit here and say that there's not kids that don't have those issues as well but the vast majority that i've come in contact with these are kids that just literally got a raw deal that's it you know what i mean is that's literally it like they they, gotta have they have to go to work to support their family yes that's it. They got to go to work or or they don't have a family like they take care of themselves. You know, like I got it yeah. like one of my students. She I've been working with her for over a year like she um, and I've just been mentoring her, you know, what I mean, and, and, um, and you know, and, well, she's not the only kid, but she's one I've been mentoring a lot. Like it, she's she's 19. She's been on her own, you know, off and on throughout high school. Yeah. You know, what I mean, like she has her own place right now. Like she yeah. isn't a is a teacher's assistant in Oregon City. Wow. No diploma, no high school diploma yet. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Now I thought I was like, do you realize like, like your work ethic, like you're working for a school district with no diploma, no degree at all. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that that's completely impossible. I'm like, but just understand like, you like know, she works in Oregon City. Yeah, and she goes to school at Meek. No, she at goes Benson? She, at Benson. Yeah, wow. She lives in Oregon City too. Wow. That's how that, and that's and I told her I said like, I need you to like to understand. How dope you are. The, yeah, the effort you're putting in, like, a yeah. lot of people wouldn't make that sacrifice. You know what I'm saying? And you're working, too, like, and trying to do homework and, and all this. But then, like, the cold part about it is, like, she has an IEP. And, like, they're not trying to, like, you're, like, like when a What's kid has mean? an IEP. So, it, so it's your, um, I forgot the acronym for it. But, like, when you have an IEP, it's basically d- discussing, like, educationally you have some type of, potentially learning disability or something education plan yes okay. so it's blocking like so you have something that's Dyslexic blocking or something right yeah. what how you learn mm-hmm. like so for her um with reading reading is reading and comprehension is super super difficult mm-hmm. but she's getting all these assignments where she's got to read like all these chapters mm-hmm. you know what i mean like mm-hmm. she texted me last week was like paul i i'm like about to put my hair out like and and it, that's just one example mm-hmm. like and the, and it's still happening you know what I mean? Mm. So I still have to, like, I got to go and make a plan with some of our teachers and talk about that. But it's still happening. Like, this isn't a bad kid. This right. isn't a kid selling drugs. This yeah. isn't a kid out here doing bad. She's trying. Right. But she's still getting a raw deal. Yeah. And she's trying to graduate, but she's still getting a raw deal. Like, you're not even following her IEP. Yeah. Why are you giving her chapters to read for yeah. a test? That makes no sense. Right. Like, it's there. You, so you know it's there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so... um. Yeah, I forgot the tangent I was on, but but basically, yeah, with it, when it comes to alternative school, like you were saying, it's it's crazy, you know. And mm-hmm. but that's why it was also super important for me, even more so with creating Ion, because I'm seeing kids in here that aren't, they're not the stereotype. 
Mm-hmm. So, like, what would these kids do with an opportunity? Yeah. If they got to be around, talk to a person like you or, you know, Chris, who also does the podcast. Mm-hmm. Like, what did that? What does that mean to them? You know, because yeah. like I tell this, I tell my students all the time, like, you need a degree to work for somebody else, but you don't need a degree to work for yourself. Right. You don't. That's a big fact. There's a lot of millionaires that don't have degrees. Man. So don't feel like you have to be pigeonholed in this. And that's what I try to teach in my podcast, of course. I'm like, yo, we just sitting here talking. We shooting a breeze or whatever. But I'm trying to tell y'all, like, this is something that I want. This is a skill that I want you to take with you into college. And so whatever you're passionate about in college, you may not be able to get paid for it right away. But you can start creating content around that. And if you create content consistently for four years, you will be an expert mm-hmm. and people will look to you for certain things. Mm-hmm. And then you'll be able to monetize your lifestyle and your skills just based upon the amount of content that you put out. And then you'll be able to talk to people that you otherwise wouldn't be able to talk to. But you have that magic word of, hey, I have a podcast. Well, it's like look at these, look <laughs> people at these, are like, oh, really? You have an audience? You, oh, okay, man, I can right. get my, I can get my. Well, look at out. look at these people. Like, look at like you know the um, YouTube celebrities and For stuff sure. like that. For Instagram sure. celebrities, like yeah, like, like you just said, create content, and and now and uh, and some of these, some of these kids are millionaires. Mm-hmm. Not all of them are, but some of them are. It's some possible. are some are high, hundred thousandaires. Yeah. On the way to millions. Like, yeah. but that's the point. Like, not all these people got degrees. No. You know what I'm saying? And so that's why, like, like I said, with, with influencers, I want to be able to help as I grow, mm-hmm. as we grow. I want to be able to help put kids in different positions to see, like, look, man, you don't, if you want to go to school, cool. Let's let's figure out how to, how to leverage that for what you want. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's what school is for. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Figure out your why and what you want to do. And then if you do want to go to school, okay, how do you leverage to get that? Um, if you don't want to go to school, all right, let's put you in, in positions, put you in, 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 in spaces to be around people that are doing things that you like, mm-hmm. like you said, like you doing the podcast and stuff like that, or whatever have you, you know what I mean? Like there's so many avenues and especially for our black and Brown, they're not told that these things exist. Mm-hmm. They're just told Get a good education, go to school, work. Mm-hmm. Okay, but that it's not fulfilling. That's not that <laughs> a that's not fulfilling. Yeah. B that even if you go to school, there's no guarantee you're gonna get a good job. Most often, you're not. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you're gonna have to, you know, have other skill sets to to do that. You know right. what I mean? Like I mean, even with me, like I said, being a social worker, I didn't learn how to do that from school. Right. I have the degree, which allows me to get paid better. Mm-hmm. But it didn't. I didn't learn that in school. Right. I learned that from other experiences, um, working for juvenile justice as a teenager. You know, working as a facilitator. You know, um, Portland Parks, Vancouver Parks. You know, doing those other things prepared me. Mm-hmm. Not USC. Right. Appreciate it. Yeah. Looks good on the resume. Right. You know, looks good talking point, but. Mm-hmm didn't didn't make me who I am yeah you know what I mean or help me with with influencers yeah you know so it that's why I tell the kids all the time like you guys have so much inside you you just gotta be just you just need the opportunity mm-hmm. and if I can help facilitate that like I said I don't have to be the leader I I, I want to partner with anybody and everybody right that's like real talk For I really sure. do like like going to that documentary 
and um, talking with Eric Knox. Mm. Well, I completely forgot. I rank, works at Benson. He's the he's he's girls coach. basketball coach. Yeah, he's a yeah. girls basketball coach. For sure. And um, and But I didn't know he was over Holla. Oh, and then, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. I didn't, so I didn't know that part. Yeah. Then seeing him there, then talking to him, was like, oh, wow. He gave me his card. Like, I, I just, you know, added some stuff on IG for him, yeah. uh, about him yeah. and influencers. Like, I, I want to connect with him. Like, I want to sure. say, yo, how can we, how can we work friend, together? Friend of I, the show. Yeah. How I, did, I the, did the show with him in the, in the library. With oh. Him and, him and Tyler Monk. We did the joint show together. Oh, solid. Yeah. 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 So, I, wanna, I want to figure out, like, how can I, how can I partner with him? How can I help him? You know, like, because even if it's not even something I can do, how can I bring more light to him? Like, to me, influencers, I wanted, I want to help be a conduit. Whether I'm bringing people to me or to other places, I want, I want the youth to have these different opportunities because everybody doesn't know. Yeah, you know what I mean, and and you don't know what you don't know. Right. And so that's so you're the gonna point. be looking to be a hub for like all things, like just any opportunity for high schoolers. Anything. I want to yeah. help. I, like I said, so I these help. so these kids should no longer be ignorant to the fact, or no one should be ignorant to like. What opportunities are out there for yeah. black and brown kids? Yeah, because sure. yeah. I, I want that for them. Yeah, you know what I mean. And and even when you know I talk to you, I don't know if you if I, I don't know if you if you mind if I bring this up. But That's like, fine. Asking you to be on the board, oh, like yeah. I want to, like I told you, I want to support what you're doing for sure. I want to support socks and sandals. I want youth to know about this, like yeah. to know that, hey man, I don't know everything, mm-hmm. but a man knows a lot of stuff, so. He can give you a lot of game. Right. However that relationship pans out, that's somebody you can go to. Listen to his podcast. Listen to the things he's talking about. Listen to the people, not just the things he's talking about. Listen to the people he's talking about. These are other people who have, like, just the content that you've created and the people you talk to. That Those are connections. For sure. That, that our youth should have and should look to 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 want to talk to. You know, mm-hmm. like, I keep going back to the... I forgot his name. The guy you talked to about the Bible. You oh, know? Quincy. Like, Quincy Robinson. He would be a phenomenal person. <laughs> oh yeah, we we gonna to get have, him on some more. To have yeah. youth sit down and listen to because he has, you know, just the religious part. There's a lot of kids locked in, or I don't want to say locked in, but um, you know how like I said how it is in black culture when it comes to religion. So that would be something that I think would be awesome. A guy like him who knows so much. Yeah. But yeah, I, no, you, you said it perfectly. I want to be a space. I want to be a conduit, a hub. I want to be able to lead people to these opportunities, you know, whether it's through us or not. I don't I don't need the glory. That's mm-hmm. not what I'm doing this for. For sure. I don't need the pat on the back. For sure. If a kid. If I know of something going on at SEI and I can plug a kid over there or send them there mm-hmm. and make a connection. That's beautiful for me. Make it happen. That's beautiful to me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be something I did. That's selfish. For sure. I don't need that. Let me just change this battery. I'm going to ask one more question. Man, bro. So what's the what's the mountaintop for Ions, man? Like five years from now, if everything goes exactly 
to your vision, man? What's the what's the mountaintop moon you know, moon roof view mm. of your vision, bro? My my initial goal, and I'm I'm just scratching the surface, was to be able to to infiltrate PPS um, because. So this is my second year in my position at Alliance, but it's my fourth year technically working with PPS because the first two years I was an outside contractor um, with a different program and I helped facilitate groups. And um, also um, another frat brother who works at Madison, who uh, Michael Waller, who who also is a part of ION. Um, he's been working at PPS for a while, so... You know, I would go and chop it up with him and stuff while I was, you know. Mike, they used to go to Grant? Yep. Okay, yep. for sure, for sure. And so I would uh, chop it up with him, um, you know, especially when I was working on my master's. And um, so just seeing PPS and seeing, like, <laughs> like I said, again, how our, how our kids are being pushed out is, mm-hmm. like, I, I want to, like I said, I want to do, I want to build that relationship so that I can create a scaffolding around our kids mm. so I can help change that hopelessness. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, because, again, like 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 after I'm done here, mm-hmm. I'm going to go back and there's probably like four four black girls I'm going to work with on yeah. some assignments. Man. You know what I mean? And it's like, what does that look like? Like, how would this look if I didn't work here? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If I wasn't doing the stuff I'm doing, you know, and I, as I'm trying to build my network and as I'm trying to build, you know, build Ion up, like, what would this look like, though? Even if I if I didn't have this job, like, how would they get this done? Mm. You know what I mean? Because they have a completely bleak outlook on it. You know, so my thought process is, is, is as I as I continue to grow, as we continue to grow, I want to be able to help change that change that outlook not just in the alternative school um but in the regular um comprehensives you know in your benson jeff grant you know all of them for sure i mean it's it's something that i'm noticing you know as being a parent and my son is about to be in middle school um just noticing not even the high schools yet but I am working with high schoolers at, at SCI, so I'm kind of mm-hmm. seeing some gaps. Mm-hmm. But, like, just noticing in PPS, like, our kids are kind of, like, fending for themselves. Mm-hmm. And right now, the only, not the only, but, like, the the primary organization that is affecting a large group of kids, a few hundred kids at a time, is SCI. And outside of that, it's really hard to support everything that's going on for our kids, you know, mm-hmm. within PPS. And it's just, and in looking at middle schools and what our neighborhood middle school is and what's all your, the, what's, what's your neighborhood school again? Ockley Green. Oh, okay. Yeah, so Ockley, and I think George is next to us, and maybe one other one. And it's just like, bro, those schools are so poorly rated, and I think I mean, for the most part, they don't have resources. Mm-hmm. Even Fabian is, like, new and it's, like, connected to Concordia. But the class sizes are too big. Mm-hmm. So the class sizes are too big. Kids aren't getting individual attention. And the teachers turn more into babysitters than teachers mm-hmm. because they don't have enough teacher teaching assistance. Mm-hmm. 
and they're just trying to control behavior. And it's just mm-hmm. like, dude, this is crazy. And I don't I don't think high school is as bad as the middle schools are. But yeah, it is. Oh, it is. No, it is. OK, well, because because like so, like I said, just to give a short synopsis, because I I was I so I worked at um so I, I worked at a. I was when I was doing the outside contract and I was at a middle school mm-hmm. and then and then I was doing a high school too so I was at I was I did both. And so one thing is the so a lot of the behaviors start in middle school, right? So the or the babysitting that you're talking about, right? So it starts in middle school. So first you 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 know the kids are out of class or they're not they're they're out of class and they're um just not paying attention or whatever. Um you know, they get these IEPs and in the IEPs, it's like some type of emotional thing. So like, oh, if such and such is triggered, he can leave the classroom and have this break. Well, then kids, kids get used to that because who wants to be in class? You're not teaching me anything that I care about anyway. Right. You don't pay attention to me. So yeah. cool. I'm out of class. So now they're out of class roaming the halls. Right. So so that that's where the behavior starts. Middle school. They're out. They're out roaming the halls, making noise. Nobody Dang. does anything. Then they keep passing these kids regardless. Yeah. So it doesn't even matter if they're necessarily capable they the kids keep getting passed anyway right. well then so then fast forward you get out of middle school you go to high school right <clears throat> now you're expected to have a lot of individual skills of managing yourself but mm. they didn't get it right mm. so now you're a freshman you you aren't used to being in class the whole time you don't know how to manage your your work your assignments so so now um you're in the hall again yeah roman halls you're just out doing mm. nothing and um and they have and they do to be fair they do have uh student engagement coaches and other people that are trying to work with them but at the same time like th- th- you know the classroom gatekeepers are the teachers so these kids keep getting passed through so what I'm so what I'm seeing right yeah. now being at Alliance at Benson is now we we get we get these kids they get sent to the reconnection center now we got to reconnect them in school because now they've been skipping they're not going to school now they're coming here. And you're a junior or senior and you got you have uh like ten credits. Mm. How? Mm. Or less than ten credits total. Like mm-hmm. it's five or six credits or yeah. something like that. How is that possible? Mm. You know what I'm like what's been going on? Like, right. you know what I mean? Like and, and and it's not just like they're missing credits, like like they might be missing like a whole credit from freshman year. Like, how come this wasn't talked about when they were still at the school? Like right. and 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 again, there's a lot of barriers that go with that. There's family stuff going on, you know, neighborhood stuff. So there's a lot of things mm-hmm. that's going on against these kids. So it's it's not just the school, right? Because the school, yeah, some of that's on them, but some of it's also on their life, right. you know. And then you don't have scaffolding around them in the school to help them. Yeah. So now, that's what I'm doing. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like two of my students that I'm like I'm about to work with today, like, you know, she's a senior. And she's got like twelve credits left, mm. or no, we just earned some, so like nine and some change. Okay, that's crazy. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. w- how come no one was watching this or talking to her? You know what I mean? Well, that's where the counselors come in, right? Right, potentially. Yes, but then just like even like Pushout was talking about, and even like we know too. So this is a black girl. So oh, she's got attitude. Oh, she might cuss me out. She might trip. I don't want to tell her, da, 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 da. so I'm not gonna say anything. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't want to deal. With I don't want to deal with it, so I'm not gonna say anything. So okay, yeah, yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. And then they just, you just push this kid, and then mm. now, now I'm the one 
keeping it 1000. So now I'm like, yo, this is yo, this is where we're at. This is what it's we got to do. It's funny though. That happened to my wife at Warner Pacific in the adult degree program. Like there was it was some I forgot the exact scenario, but it was very similar where like she wasn't told that some of her credits didn't transfer from Mount Hood even though initially she was under that pretense. Mhm. And like she's meeting with her, you know, counselor person and giving mm-hmm. her her, her, her school track or whatever. But like she didn't let her know until like her supposed last semester. She's like, oh, by the way, um, these these didn't transfer. Did you know that? And she was just like, no. <laughs> like, what do you mean? And she was just like, oh, yeah. Um, I don't I don't know how that slipped under the radar, but I, I meant to tell you. But, yeah, I mean. Those didn't transfer. So you actually have to take another semester and you have to do X, Y, and Z class. And so, yeah, bro, like they be scared or they just be letting stuff slip under the radar even post high school, too. So I can definitely and believe that's, high school. Right. So yeah. so now here we are. I'm telling students like, OK, this is the real. Mm-hmm. This is what we got to do. Mm-hmm. Now, the only thing that helps is, like I said, being an alternative school and we're actually trying to do more project based learning stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm able to help them figure out different projects and things that will serve their needs. But it still sucks that, you know, like I said, for lack of better words, like you just said, nobody's saying nothing. Nobody had this conversation. So they just went through high school thinking, oh, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm just going through. No. I'm on track. (laughs) You haven't earned it. You haven't earned these credits. And now – you know, and then embarrassment sets in, you know, because, mm-hmm. like, who wants to be a super senior? You mm-hmm. got people that graduated. Like, that's, you know, and then it just becomes harder and harder. And then, like I said, because you didn't learn these skills or you didn't have no support, you're trying to learn all these skills to complete these credits. Yeah. And you didn't have it. And so, yeah, that's yeah, that's that's why, like I said, knowing how the school track is and how school works. That's why I feel like it's even more important to help manufacture these opportunities because they need to see like for sure. You may maybe this arena isn't for you. Well, it's not for you anyway. It wasn't made for you, right? So it's not for you. I mean, but you can play with it. But there's other things over here, over here, over here that man, you can make that work. Yeah. So I'm about ninety. 4% 4% sure I'm going to homeschool my son for middle school, at oh, least dope. at least for sixth grade. Dope. And we'll see how that works out. But, like, I'm just looking at the options, and the only viable option, I want to say only viable, but, like, the number one option for us was for him to get accepted into Da Vinci because it is a magnet school and it's an art school, mm-hmm. and my son is, like, extremely artistic. He mm-hmm. loves drawing and making stuff with his hands and all that. So, um, That's dope. So when we went, we visited. He wasn't, like, a big fan of it at first. He was just like, is this just another Catlin? I'm like, nah, it's different. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> this ain't this ain't Catlin. You know, it's a lot of white people, but don't. It's not Catlin, though. You know right. what I mean? Like, that's a different group of people. And so, um, and then, uh, and then after, like, he wasn't, he wasn't hype about it at first. But then after we went through the whole school and went through the little family night, he was just like, you know what? I think I do want to apply. So we applied. He's on the wait list. He didn't make it in the first cut for whatever reason. But it's just like I'm That's not. 
it, it is weak. Like how many black boys are even are even in that school? You know, and I bet you they they heavy on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Right. But, <laughs> right. You know what I mean? I'm but sure. But your son's on a wait list. Right. My son's cool. on a wait list. Okay. All right. Whatever. But um. But but yeah, man. But I, I'm not too mad at that because I I I mean I could just see some potential problems coming with that as well. But it's just like yo. At first, I was like, man, is homeschool an option? I was like, it is an option. Because really, kids in school, like, you're not even learning most of the time you in school, if, if you be mm-hmm. honest. Like, it's a lot of transitions. It's a lot of, like I said, teachers trying to tell kids, trying to correct behavior. So it's like, we can spend a good three to four hours a day learning. And that's more than enough. Mm-hmm. Like, focus. School in general isn't learning. It doesn't give you the method behind learning yeah like there's not telling like i told you two plus two is four like you didn't learn that you just memorized it yeah you know what i mean like yeah. all the stuff they teach us is not in school isn't learning like there's no practical i mean nine times out of ten and i'm not saying this because i'm talking to you yeah. but you teaching him he's gonna get way more and that's actual I, learning yeah like learning learning yeah then you know what's a state requirement for a test for stuff that he'll never use in life. And I realized you know that I realized that when he was like in the second and third grade, and he started asking me like what black history month was. And wh- he said, why is there a black history month? And what is it? And I'm just like, yo, they didn't teach you this in school. And he's like, no. And so I sat him down one night and just taught him where it came from, who started it. And, um, and just why it exists, period. And just, taught him some other things just about black history and black folks in America. And so like he literally went back to school and told his teacher everything that I told him. Mm-hmm. And then the teacher was like, had a little email conversation back and forth <laughs> for a few days. Cause Elijah was challenging everything that the teacher was teaching him. Cause the teacher is like, Oh no, my dad didn't say that. My dad said, Boo. I was like, yo, he, he literally soaked up everything that I mm-hmm. said mm-hmm. and was able to internalize it and regurgitate it back to his teacher in a way that he was kind of teaching his teacher in second mm-hmm. grade. You know what I mean? So I'm he just didn't like, like that. nah. And so I was just like, yo, no ki- no I kids, can, kids. I can literally teach my son and I don't have to beat it into him. You don't have to be, mm-hmm. we don't have to be in a learning environment from eight 30 to three o'clock. That's unnecessary, bro. Mm-hmm. We could, we could learn for like three hours a day. Cause think about college. Mm-hmm. Were you in class that often? Like oh, I skipped a lot. I skipped a lot. But but even beyond skipping, think about your day in college. If you're taking 12 to 15 hours, yeah, right. that's what, four classes? Yeah. Your classes are an hour and 15 minutes, yeah. hour and a half. But I'm saying part of the reason why I skipped a lot is because, and that's what I try to teach my students, is once you understand what the point is, <laughs> you don't actually have to be there because it's right. not really, like, it's, there's not learning happening. Yeah. So once you understand what they're trying to get you to do. Yeah there wasn't a point for me to be there. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, and it's funny that you talk about that with the learning piece. Cause like I was reading to Josiah and Savannah, I was reading this, um, this book, the go giver. Mm. And it talks about like the five stratospheric laws of success. And uh, one of the laws is like, um, you'll add more value than you can receive in payment. Mm. Right. And so I, and I had made him, I said, you know, you could be the youth ambassador for influencers. Like he's, he likes leadership. He likes, you know, he cares about doing stuff, so he likes that. Mm-hmm. So, like what I'm trying to do, mm-hmm. and so we talked about that, and he talks about it every day, like how he can add value. He's like, okay, as a dad, if I'm trying to be an influence, I'm trying, if I'm trying to be somebody positive, 
okay, like here, here's different ways how I can do that. And, you know, he wants to be a business owner. Like he doesn't talk about going to college. He talks about I want to own my own business or I want to mm-hmm. do this. Mm-hmm. And like, just like you said, like these are things that as men we already saw the the disadvantages. Right. So now we're able to tell our sons, like, okay, this is what's actually available to you if you're if you want to pursue that mm-hmm. and they'll go further than like I said, the regular kid that gets told go to go to school, get a job and get an education. Like mm-hmm. that's not it. That's not gonna move right. the needle. Right. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I said, look at what you did. You moved out of business, you're doing it for yourself and you're still doing you mm-hmm. and it's growing. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Kids need to see that. They need to understand like you you now you did go to school and going to school does have advantages. Right. Like there are advantages. I would like the one advantage I would say. The one thing I did learn from school is that I do need to do research. <laughs> I learned that because yeah. whether I'm trying to prove my point or learn something, that's the one thing I definitely learned. Like fact check, get mm-hmm. you find out. Don't be afraid to go search and find the information. Right. But um, yeah. So we did that, but it also, like I said, at the same time, we know that there's, there's these other avenues. So I'm not completely down in school. There are some uses for it, for sure. But definitely. Yeah, like it just has to be done the right way. And the yeah. way that it's being done right now is very <laughs> antiquated and it's more or less checking a box mm-hmm. and a, it and school is a glorified daycare at this Facts. point in time. And it's not necessarily there to fully educate and fully empower and fully equip because there's a lot of things in school that they don't teach about real life and then you got to become an adult and fu- and learn the hard way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's just like, yo, why did and, er- and everybody said on me, bro? Exactly. I wish I had learned about credit in school, uh, right? Man, I had a Capital One card in, in college, and they was on me heavy. Yeah, bro. To settle. It's, and it's funny, man. Like my, <laughs> my son just started asking me about the stock market last night. You know what I mean? He's like, what? Is, so why why would people? He said, why would you even have stock? Like, aren't you just giving away your company to other people? I was like, well, kind of. Like, but you're also adding value. You know, you. You, you give that money away, you take that money, you reinvest it, and then you your company grows. And so you may not own 100% of it. Let's say you own 50% of it now because you have stock. Mm-hmm. But you take a 50% of a $100 million company is more than, better than 100% of a $10 million company. And he's just like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's just like those things, he's never going to have that conversation in school. Ever. It's like, bro, I could do this with him every day. And that's and yo, that's like point. this and is that's, crazy. That's, that's a my crazy investment. About, that's my whole point about influencers. Yeah, I want to help put kids in those types of conversations. Right, put kids in those, put kids in those opportunities. Yeah, because you're not going to get that solely from school. Right. If you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer, obviously go to school. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Obviously, mm-hmm. but there's so many things that you're not really going to learn that. You know what I mean? Right. Like. You know, even like running a business, like how are you going to learn, like why would, like going to school for business, like and having somebody teach you that doesn't have their own business, that mm. makes no sense. The funny thing you is. You see what I'm saying? Like I'll, that's like that's ass backwards. For sure. You know what I mean? And that's why I'm like, <laughs> so I would rather take a kid, if you want to learn how to run a business, and, and get around business owners and put you in that arena. Because that's going to be the person that's going to teach you, not somebody who's at a, working at a, bro. that doesn't help. The funniest thing, not the funniest thing, but. um well, it's kind of sad too. It's, the, the sadness brought me to this realization. So I was, uh, you know, after Kobe passed, R.I.P. to Kobe and Gianna mm-hmm. and everybody mm-hmm. in the helicopter crash. 
um, I was, you know, um, putting together clips for my tribute to Kobe. And, and mm-hmm. one of the main source of my clips was a talk that he did on the Mamba mentality at USC. Mm-hmm. And so one of the one of the kids or one of the uh, young adults from USC got up there and asked him a question. And I don't know. This was so funny to me, but she was just like, yeah, I'm a major in uh, entrepreneurship. <laughs> and I was just like, How is that possible? what? That's a- you major in entrepreneur. That's not a. <laughs> you don't go to school for entrepreneurship. How you do just you do that. You just do it or you learn from like. Are you paying Fifty thousand, however much a year, to learn about entrepreneurship. That's you could literally take that me. money and invest it into your company and build and be an entrepreneur. Like God, as dang, you man. go, like what are you doing? <laughs> you need startup like, capital. What do you think inter- like what do you think internships are for? Oh. Like that, like get next to somebody that's a business owner and and learn get in their back pocket and learn and like, learn. You don't go to college and learn about yeah, entrepreneurship like, from find somebody with the fruit on the tree oh. with the results you want. Yeah, get close to that person and learn. That's the whole point of being an influencer or finding influence. Yeah. Or, yeah. or like, that's cr- I didn't even know they had majors like that. I didn't even know that Entrepreneurship was- <laughs> major. I was like, yo, that is yeah, she's weird. Getting, she is doing horrible for her. That I don't, I would hate to Unless have she a- has a full ride scholarship and somebody is paying for her <laughs> education, I would hate to know that, you know, she's going to come out of school with 100000 well, plus debt on entrepreneurship. Well, like, what job would you even get? Like, how would you? No, you don't get a job. You can't. <laughs> Well, that's what but I mean. I'm you saying, you could, but, but it's like the, the point of being an entrepreneur is being a business owner, well, and right? Being self employed, so it's like you you're like like you said, what job you're not going to get a job. Well, no, that's my what, what I was saying was is more so like because initially because like you, you, you need just, a job because like, well, like, you, well, like you just said, if anything, take the fifty thousand and invest in a company, right? But since you didn't do that, you're going to need to pay these student loans like you're gonna have to start making these payments so what job are you going to get right with an entrepreneurship degree like who are you i like, mean you can what? you can network i'm just saying she i'm just a, saying a, that's a, crazy a USC, to me. i don't know a that's... usc degree she can network and get a job but it's like you don't get a degree like you should typically get a degree for like a specific skill right that otherwise you couldn't work in that field <laughs> if you're looking to get a job like if you, you couldn't work in that right. field without that skill right. set but just going to get a degree for and that's what I'm saying. That's and that's why I have my MSW, right? Because to be under the label of a social worker, mm-hmm. you got to have the degree. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. So I have it. But like I said, I already knew how to do the stuff and to do what I really want to do. Like I said, grow it. I don't want to work in the. I don't want to work for the district forever. Mm-hmm. Hell, right. no. I want right. to. I want to do this. Right. I want to grow this. Right. So I so yeah, it's starting off small, it's starting off slow. Mm-hmm. But that's the goal. The goal is to step away and do ion. For sure. Like that's the point. So how can how can people support? How can people get on the train and be a part of the team and participate with ion in some form or fashion? Man, initially, man, network. If you already doing dope stuff, if you already doing things with youth, please, please, please reach out. Actually, let me put my pull the social media up cuz um I would, like I said, I would love to, I, I'm, that's what I'm doing right now is mm-hmm. really just trying to build the network build the up network. Yeah. and just build up, um, you know, that ability. So it's at Ion's world. Um, I-O-N-S. Yeah, I-O-N-S uh, dot world. And so 
Um, and yeah. that's on what? And that's on Instagram. And I don't have a Facebook yet. Um, but, yeah, please, man, if you're already doing stuff, man, I'd love to connect with you. I'd love to support. Let's build and create uh, experiences together. Let's 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 do something for the youth. Like I said, I'm really um, like I said, my focus, obviously, is, uh, you know, uh, our black and brown youth, you know, you know, and um, male and female. And I I, I want to help them like that's my goal. I'm not saying I don't want to help all kids because I do. All youth need help. But being a man of color myself and you know having that experience and, mm-hmm. and knowing how difficult that is to navigate and working in the school system and seeing how mm-hmm. our youth are struggling to navigate i know who needs the help yeah and there's so, i mean that's just a part of i mean if if people are pro equity you know nobody could be mad at that if no. people are pro justice and equality no. and like nobody could be mad at that you know at the no. end of the day you yeah. we we should be especially as you know, non-white people, like, we should be attempting to give the most help to who needs the most constructive help. And so mm-hmm. in this situation, especially in Portland Public Schools, where we are outnumbered greatly, black and brown children need the most constructive help at this yes. point in time. And so By far. somebody got to help them, so it might as well be us. Yes. Might as well be By us. By far. You so, know? yeah, so please reach out, man. And like I said, if you're already doing stuff, like I said, I, I, I plan on connecting with, like I said, Eric. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was cool talking with him last night and um yeah man i'm just trying to grow and expand like like i said i'm i'm trying to firm up the or finish up the rest of the budget and stuff for this this trip this partnership with pps so i'm trying to get that mm-hmm. done and then um i know chris has a event he's trying to do in the beginning of the summer uh, he was he was Health. telling me a little bit about that yes. or not about that specifically he's like yo man trying to get something popping off so yes i'm coming up in the summertime yep so okay. i'm trying to support him in that and help uh uh, build that and so like i said that's my goal man just yeah. to just, just to continue to partner and just create these opportunities man just build keep building yes sir already yes man. sir but once again um you can hit them up at ions where ions dot world yes sir follow the follow the nonprofit. and uh personally what's your personal ig oh uh folks? pj the dj 84 already on instagram so yeah yeah if you don't find ions you can find me and let's connect that way. Yeah, let's make it happen. And once again, this is Socks and Sandals Podcast, where society, culture, history, and religion collide, and we unapologetically discuss our worldview. Holla at y'all next week. Grace and peace. Peace.